Hey, Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we have a terrific show for you as Pastor Sam Arnold is going to be joining us. And I presume he's in Mexico right now where he is a refugee from the United States government. And I think there could be a few of us on the run in similar circumstances. And uh, we're going to explore the aspects of some of these trials and what it means for most Americans across the board. The Kyle Rittenhouse, the Arbery trials, we're going to look at these kinds of trials. And there are clear implications for the effect on our society. I was sharing with Sam before we came on a incident in Texas, and we may bring that up uh, if it fits what we're talking about. But this is something we all need to pay attention to because the trends are dangerous, very dangerous. Hey, before we get started, I want to let you know, the first part of the program is brought to you by Noble Gold. And if you think the dollar is going to be around much longer, you're not paying attention. And I mean that with all due respect. But uh, we, as Rand Paul said yesterday, we t- we take in $3.3 trillion dollars and last year we spent six and a half trillion. Uh, there is nothing left. In fact, we're scrambling now just to do basic governmental functions. And unless we do unlimited debt ceiling like Janet Yellen wants, it's going to be a problem. So what do you got to do? Well, you can't have your money in the bank. You need operating capital, maybe two months. And at one point in time, you're going to lose it. But you're not going to lose everything if you go to the diversification route, which Noble Gold can help you with. I am a walking testament of their service. They have diversified my investments, and I feel like we're really ready to get through what's coming. Now, we're all going to take hits, but if you stay in the dollar, you're going to be not taking a hit. You're going to be destroyed. So give Noble Gold a call. Give them a chance to explain what they can do for you, uh, which is a lot, and they're not pushy. They'll send you free material. Call them. 877-646-5347. That's 877-646-5347. Tell them Dave Hodges of the Common Sense Show sent you. And boy, do we ever need common sense now. Sam, welcome to the show. Uh, Very, very, very serious topics here. uh, I'm afraid America is going to turn into an armed camp and we're going to see all kinds of random attacks going on all across the country. When we're already seeing it to some degree in places like Chicago, but I mean in every every community. Probably so, Dave, and I have some reasons why. And just so the audience knows up front, I'm going to be the bad guy. While the conservative media has sung the praises and drunk toasts in the aftermath of the Rittenhouse trial, there is so much wrong with the decision, with the process, there's, it's, it, it is not the victory that everybody's claiming it to be, and, and uh, I want to break some of that down today. Well, let, let me ask you this. I mean, we need to hear other viewpoints. That's why this show exists. So we don't censor, unlike the mainstream media. But at the end of the day, and I'm not talking about the post-celebration and the implications. I have a real problem with it. In fact, I'm on the record as saying... This is the worst example of parenting I've ever seen. A 17-year-old shouldn't be sent to do what the police failed to do. And that kid was put in a bad situation. And obviously, 17-year-olds don't have the mental and maturity capacity to make these kinds of decisions. But at the end of the day, do you think his shootings were unjustified or were they self-defense? Well, they were absolutely justified. Uh, Okay, my first point is that 
that on a scale of one to ten, the battle he brought to his attackers was like a one or a two. It was very minimal. And yes, there was lethal force. Yes, people died. I guess there's some crying about that. But what about the guy that, that takes the battle to the enemy? What about people who actually have some training and some fist fights under their belt? What about people who know how the enemy operates? And what about people that, that are, are, what about a veteran? Yeah. I'm all ears on this. Um, I hear what you're saying. And, but let me ask you this. If you were on the jury, how would you have voted? Well, he's absolutely not guilty. Okay. So going from there, let's get into your objections here. And, and, I, and I think I can anticipate a couple of them, but I don't want to speak for you, Sam. So tell us what you think. Okay. Uh, did you have a specific question to start with? Yeah. And, and you, I, I know that you're kind of getting at the notion of, you know, post-celebration stuff. And do you think a principle is being established that's dangerous to the well-being of a community that goes beyond the right to self-defense? No, it doesn't go beyond the right to self-defense, but this is a continued erosion of the right to self-defense. That, that there is an unlimited labyrinth of, of ridiculous options that people are supposed to uh, clear all of and check all their boxes before they throw a counterpunch. And that's not the reality of a self-defense situation. So the first thing really is that this was this was a one in a hundred, if not a one in a million self-defense situation. Let's say it was a one in a hundred. Ninety-nine times out of a hundred, the guy is going to use more force quicker than Rittenhouse used. The fact that he survived as as slow as he was on the trigger is amazing. Yeah, I thought that too. Exactly. And and a trained person would never do that. Even a even a law officer. You know, I was watching the law officer shoot the bad guy in the barber shop, another video that's been circulating this week, and uh, he shot many shots. He shot the guy in the back, and he fired as quickly as he could get his gun up from underneath of his uh, barber's uh, 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 cape. And so what about, what about a guy like that? that strikes first, strikes hard, and shows no mercy, Cobra Kai. Okay, first thing we've learned from the trial is there's no, there's no acquittal for that guy. Only the, the uh, rosy-cheeked kid who's probably never been on a hunt. That kid is so green, and I like Kyle. Kyle, if you want to come hang out in Mexico, you're welcome. <laughs> Just well, so you know. One of the things I do have to share with you, he was a hunter. All right. And he had some arms training. Um, I know he had some training. And that was obvious the way he handled himself. Well, he uh, handled himself with uh, with a great degree of safety. And that's the first thing that one shooter sees about another is if they, if they are safe with their weapon. And he absolutely was. He kept his finger off the trigger. He kept pointing in a safe direction, even when he ran, even when he fell. He did a good job in all those respects. But my question is, what about the guy who's back from the sandbox, who's 35 years old, 
who's fought many battles and the battle comes to his door yeah. and he takes it to the enemy. There's no acquittal for that guy. And that's the first thing that we learn from this trial that after being imprisoned for two, three years, after being deprived of liberty, after being under the mind control and dietary control and medical control of a, of, of a gulag system, after having one's name smeared, after being uh, targeted by anarchists repeatedly over a period of years, then you get a one in a hundred shot to get out. And who's not gonna make the cut? The person who's actually prepared to defend themselves. And like you said, mentally, as well as physically. So this well, is the first thing we learned from the Rittenhouse trial is maybe there's justice for for the kid that stumbled into this, but there's definitely not for the people who have been watching with concern the rise of anarchy and communism and Chinese control and the, the surveillance state, the taxation state, and the prison planet all around us for years. If that guy ever pulls the trigger, they're going to sing, sing. And this is the first lesson from the Rittenhouse verdict. Yeah, um, the fact that people still want to bury him in the media is just, the AP response is just absurd. Um, but I think that, I mean, they call him a cold, calculating killer, and his purpose was to go there to kill. I mean, this is what you're seeing in the mainstream media. And I agree there's been a huge uh, misrepresentation of the facts. But there is in every case like this, every case that where self-defense um yeah let me ask you a question this way hypothetical sam you have a you have a building all right and in the building um is under assault from rioters and they're trying to burn you out do you think people dare take the law into their own hands then and defend property and self by shooting people trying to burn them out the roof korean is a good friend of mine on twitter I think that everything that the roof Koreans did is absolutely the heart of America. And here you have a here you have a foreign population that immigrated to America and took hold of our values and decided this is the way to live, this is the future. And in ninety two, they did that. They defended their places. And there was gunfire. It wasn't a lot, but there was gunfire and there was blood. Today, everyone knows that if they do that then the government will help burn them out like David Koresh. That was the whole experiment. That was the whole reason why that happened, the, the, the David Koresh incident. The whole reason why it happened is because the government was establishing a precedent that they have the right, if anyone even arms themselves, that they have a right to call them names, to marginalize them, to smear them in the media, and then finally come in and kill them. You know, you're right. That was their intent. In fact, one of the things, and not to dive into Waco too deeply here, but one of the things that really grabbed me was David Koresh used to go into town every Saturday and get his hair cut. If the feds just wanted to get him, they could have got him right there. Instead, they had to engage in this thuggery assault, which cost the lives of four ATF agents. Uh, I mean, they, they certainly did not take the path of least resistance. They took the path of, we're going to squash you like a bug on a windshield. And the people in that compound really held their fire. 
the first blood looked all like friendly fire. It looked completely like it was the other agents firing out of the building. And who was killed in that first uh, encounter, if you will? The three Bill Clinton bodyguards. And so we just see fabricated situations, one after another, after another, after another. And Americans have always had the right to disestablish even authority structures that are no longer uh, of service to their ends of protecting life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And that's absolutely gone. We see it a lot of places. We see it in the, uh, in the FBI coming after people to speak in the school board. We see it in the arrest of the Colorado America's mom. We see it in, uh, in the Merrick Garland statements that they're going to run a Operation Cable Splicer type assimilation between the FBI and all state, county, and local law enforcement in order to weed out protesters before the first shots fired. And we're talking about the moms here. What yeah, let's let's talk about Cable Splicer for a second. Tell the public what, you, what Cable Splicer is in case they may not know. Operation Cable Splicer is has been published. It's been released. It's part of uh, the Rex 84 internment and martial law program, which goes back to the 1980s when the United States government was considering how to uh, morph itself into a totalitarian state. Some of that was under the guise of, uh, some of it was under the guise of, uh, in the event of an invasion, in the in event of an immigrant uh, wave, then we'll set up these camps, there will be internment camps, there will be <laughs> arrests of citizens. But everyone who's studied uh, Operation Garden Plot Operation Cable Splicer, which are both sub-programs of Rex 84, understands that this is the plan for martial law. This is what Khrushchev said when the Cold War was at its height 20 or more years earlier, that they would take over the West without firing a shot, that they would turn our own institutions against us, and that they would, uh, through subterfuge and social change within, within the populace, that they would prepare America to accept communism willingly. Um, you are so right on the money with this. Don't you laugh at the fact that they tried to sell us on the fact that that project was about housing illegal immigrants with what's going on today? A ruse to fool the feeble-minded, eh? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. Um, and I've often said that in the early days when I learned about this, I said, they're not going to do anything about illegal immigration. Corporations are making too much money off these people. So I said, then what is it really for? It's for us. It's Bill Ayers. It's what he told FBI special informant Larry Grothwell uh, when he penetrated the Weatherman Underground that Ayers headed. And he, he told him, yeah, Ayers said, well, we're going to have to re-educate 50 million people and we'll probably have to kill 25 million of them. And uh, that came from Larry. I actually interviewed Larry a couple times. And by the way, as far as Larry Grathwall's fate, his daughter, myself, Doug Hagman, people that interviewed him a lot that knew him, he did not die of natural causes. I'm just going to put it that way. He was revealing way too much. Mm-hmm. But and I think... Now I, the brave new world is upon us. Oh, isn't it funny you said that phrase? 
Sam, I just did a podcast last night called Are We Living in the Middle of the Brave New World? How ironic. We are. We are. in the. I mean, let me give you an example. And I'm going to give this company credit. And I actually think the company is a probably pretty good company, but they're obnoxious. And this is the Brave New World advertising-wise. And it's not just them. It's a lot of companies, most. Um, you know, I'm looking to complete my gym. And I, I when I do go to a gym, I do a lot of heavy bag work. And I uh, wanted to get something for the home. Um, and so I've been looking at different uh, sites. And theirs is pretty good. They're in my top three. And But every time I go to, say, I go to Breitbart, or I go to another website, or I can go to a sports website, and everywhere I go, their ads follow me. Everywhere, including my own site. Right. So that's Brave New World stuff. And people, if they're going to do it to you in advertising, you don't think they're watching every move you make for things that they would consider to be dissident activity. And you mentioned America's mom. Okay, I'm interviewing her, I believe, at the end of this week, and she's given credit for overturning nine school board elections in Colorado against critical race theory, which just so happens to be a multi-million dollar maker for the son-in-law and daughter of our Attorney General Garland. So he's using the government forces to help his family income. Isn't that nice of him? Sleazy. Sleazy beyond belief. So I I find that interesting. Um, What's your final takeaway on on Kyle Rittenhouse? Can he have a normal life? Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse seems like a a fine young man. He seems like a a good guy and a level-headed guy. I'd agree. And uh, he certainly did not want to hurt anybody. He certainly did not. But when it was absolutely forced upon him, he did. And the bigger miracle than him getting off is that he even survived the altercation. I agree. As as slow as he was to uh, grit his teeth and take the take the enemy down. So it's a good time here for me to really enter a summation and a thesis. The summation of Kyle Rittenhouse is that there is no real right to self-defense in this nation, especially with a firearm. And aside from self-defense is self-government. Self-government is where we make our own laws, where the police know they work for the populace. It is where the people retain the right to disestablish and throw off the yoke from any form of government that is destructive of our ends of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So the number one takeaway from the Rittenhouse trial is not that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. It's not that there's a ray of hope. It is that self-defense is gone and self-government is way gone. That's the beginning, but there's more. And there have been other trials and other decisions to inflame the anarchists and to inflame Uh, race violence from the other side. And so as we go on, I'd like to talk some about that. So these these three decisions. But before we go into their cases beyond Rittenhouse, I got to step aside, take a quick break, Sam. Um, And we talk, Sam's talking about the right to self-defense. That fits right into what we're talking about right here. 
You know, I represent MPS, My Patriot Supply for Storable Food, and they're one of the few groups left operating at full capacity. Some aren't even operating at all anymore, and that's because times are so tough. And I can't guarantee you, in fact, I can guarantee you this, there's going to come a time when MPS won't be able to operate, whether it's hyperinflation or government regulation or hoarding laws that are passed. There's going to come a time when they're going to take down all food suppliers and the government's going to completely control it because that's how they're going to control you. And I'm going to tell you right now, folks, this is the time to stay one step ahead of the burning bridge. And this is why I really push MPS. I used to tell people, if you don't want to get it from us, you better get it somewhere and not a grocery store where you'll have an unbalanced diet because you'll buy what's in bulk and cheap. You want to buy stuff that is a balanced meal, and that's how they package these in all storable food companies. But so many of them are out of business now. I got to say, you better get it from us while you can. There's a great sale right now, $100 off the 90-day emergency package. Now, you need a lot more than 90 days. You really should be shooting for two years. DHS and FEMA say six months. You say, that's going to be tough. I know, I know. But you got to decide if you're going to make some sacrifices to get ready for what's coming. Because food is going to be used as a weapon against you. And you don't want to have to go to one of the camps. Because there's a good chance you won't be coming out. So I would recommend doing all you can do right now. Now that 90-day sale can be extended if you stack the orders in 90-day increments. $100 off, that's a great situation, folks. You're going to save around 20 to 25%. And I'd recommend you get on this now. They're 2,000 calories per day, 25-year shelf life, and it's not organic food, and you don't want it to be. You want storable food to be high in calorie and protein because that's what you need to survive. So I'm going to tell you, all the boxes are checked here for storable food. Go to preparewithdave.com. That's preparewithdave.com. Well, we're talking with Sam Arnold from Gospel Gunslingers. I love that name. And we're going through various trials that demonstrate how American civil liberties, like the right to self-defense, is being abrogated by this government that totally wants to subjugate you and bend you to their will. And Sam, I think we're kind of ready to move on to the second trial. Is that right, the Harari? Yes. Okay. Uh, I really wanted to bring up Julius Jones because that was widely noised in the state of Oklahoma, but a lot of broader America in the world does not know about Julius Jones who was scheduled for execution just days ago, and Oklahoma Governor Stitt uh, commuted his sentence. And so he will serve a life sentence without possibility of parole or of any other intervention as far as uh, uh, amnesty or, or pardon, and that he cannot apply for parole so he'll be in prison for life, according to this agreement, which, of course, a liberal administration could absolutely wipe away with the stroke of a pen. Now, I've observed this happening in Latin America. So I, I'll wait before I get into that. Julius Jones' sentence was committed. So he's black. So this is a huge race issue. And it's been 22 years in court proceeding for him to exhaust all of his options of appeal, his options to draw things out. And then finally, when his ex execution was scheduled, remember, executions were recently just brought back by the Trump administration. Most states had ceased and the federal government had ceased. And the lobbies against the death penalty had gotten so strong that it just wasn't happening. Executions just weren't happening. 
And so finally, after Trump came in and reversed all that, the petition came to the desk of Governor Stitt in Oklahoma, and he decided to commit his sentence. He decided that he would not uh, receive the lethal injection. And so there's lessons that come from this. And I'll tell you what, uh, black America and all the activist so-called pastors are, were very, very active in this. They think that justice has been done, even though uh, the appeals process was so exhausted. It looks to me like there was never a guiltier murderer in the history of the world than Julius Jones. He's placed by an eyewitness. He had possession of the murder weapon. Murder weapon was wrapped in a cloth that has had his DNA on it. And he comes back and says, I didn't do it. So uh, I'm, I'm very disappointed at this case. But I'll, I'll tell you that uh, the governor tried to, he tried to eliminate further violence. That's why the governor, I think, backed down. There were protests. There was a lot of pressure. The, the families and Julius Jones's mother were out in front of the Capitol building. But I'll tell you one lesson that America takes away from this. Even if they call the police, testify in court, the cops actually do their job, which is a miracle for God. Even after all of that, 22 years of trials later, and the man will not be put to death. There is a message to America in this trial that there is no justice except right there, right then, by the hand of the person who's standing there when the, the events go down, when the crime takes place. And so this is an inflaming decision for our nation. It's a concerning decision for our nation because I think that America's learning that there is no justice in the justice system that they will not hang a crook, no matter how guilty, no matter how long it takes. What do you say? Well, the, Sam, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more, but also I take it a little bit deeper because my original roots academically were in sociology. That was my first undergraduate degree. And I, um, I learned in sociology that in communist, Marxist communist takeovers, they do their best to destroy the existing order so the people will welcome a return to any kind of thing that re resembles normalcy. So if you destroy it, then people, oh, please, please, and then people come in with order, even when it's dictatorial, harsh order, people will welcome it to get a relief away from the pressures that are going on in society. And that's what Build Back Better is. And, and people have never analyzed this term properly. Build back better means better than what? Better than what you just destroyed. That's exactly what Biden's doing. Everything he's doing right now is about destroying the country, whether it's legally, politically, economically, militarily, civil rights. He is destroying this country. And that's because he wants to take it down so they can build back their communist utopia. Yes, and if you write a lowercase b, BBB in the mirror is 666. Oh, yeah, I've never thought of that. It's very good. But uh, Biden is the, is the personification of, of what you just mentioned. He's also the personification of the breakdown of law and order, which is part of the communist plan. And, and this is what Antifa was about. It's what Black Lives Matter is about. See, people want to label you as a racist because you mentioned Black Lives Matter. 
tell me what civil rights group civil rights means law and order what civil rights group would burn down buildings and kill innocent people there are none there are none it has all the markings of an anarchist well yeah Martin Luther King didn't do this of course you notice how they turned on King now the Black Lives Matter group I had not observed that oh yeah they're saying he was wrong um, they, they take more of the Stokely Carmichael historical approach. Malcolm X, you know, will burn down Whitey as a quote out of that out of that genre. Um, it, and I understand the anger, but King had the right approach. He hmm. didn't alienate the people he was trying to change. He turned a lot of them into allies. He was the most brilliant reformer I've ever seen. Um, and But he's being turned on today. And, uh, you know, the content of your character is no longer a consideration with some of these people. They go with critical race theory, which is we're going to judge you by the color of your skin, which was the opposite of what King was professing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm not a Black Lives Matter fan in any way, shape, or form. Give me a real civil rights group. Yeah, we stand behind that. That's what America is. And then Antifa, they're nothing but purebred thugs they're the losers of society they don't want to work at real jobs they hire themselves out to commit violence in cases and causes they don't even understand and how do i know that because doug thornton's a good personal friend of mine who just came out as a former dhs person recently retired i used to interview him on the sly as wrecker and he had first-hand experience with these thugs in portland he arrested many of them and he basically said they were worthless as far as human beings go. They weren't trained agitators. They were just agitators. Right. A lot of them, a lot of drug use in that community. Yeah, losers. That's what they were. Society. It's what the brown shirts were. Long, long rap sheets. Right. Thugs. Thugs and bullies that had been recruited. Hey, now you can get paid to be a thug and a well, this is why I believe they let so many people out of jail at the beginning of COVID. Uh, it wasn't to protect anybody. It was so they could recruit from the ranks and, and put them on buses and start riots in various cities. Now, a lot of people will think that's extreme to say that, but in my observation, Dave, that's correct. And that even the prisons of other nations are being emptied out and that these are some of the troublemakers along the border. The, the Haitians that I've had contact with, very few of them are looking for a better life. A lot of them are textbook bullies, looking to be bullies in a new place, and just amazed that they actually get paid for doing what they do. Yeah, used to say only in America. Unfortunately, now the color of that statement has changed dramatically. It's gotten very, very bleak. Um, yeah, I know about the Haitians, but I also know about Hamas. I know about Hezbollah. I know about international child trafficking rings. They're arresting uh, large numbers of Chinese at the border. See, people think it's just people from Central America, and if you speak against it, you don't like people who are brown. Well, really, where are the Haitians from? How about people from Africa? How about Somalia? We're getting people from Somalia. How does that happen? They must have some great Olympic swimming teams there. The fact that they could get to our border through the oceans. 
it's very intentional. Well, very I, know. Intentional. I, I know. It's absolutely ludicrous. But um, the Julia Jones trial, interesting take, but I'd like to kind of shift to the Arbery trial and 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 I'm going to make an opening statement and, and I want this to kind of be the color of my thinking. Um, to me, I think it was a victory for law and order, um, my personal view. People are championing the fact that 11 of the 12 jurors were white, blah, 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 and see, justice is colorblind and that's not entirely true, but in this case, it seems to be very true. But here's what's interesting, too. There's a, a politician out there right now, Sam, and I think we need to also look at bigger implications. And her name is Tulsi Gabbard, and she basically has quit the Democratic Party as a functional member. Not officially, but as a functional member. And she's coming out being conservative on the Rittenhouse trial, this particular trial we're going to talk about and all these other conservative issues, and it hit me like a ton of bricks. It's the 1912 election all over again where Roosevelt and Taft split the Republican Party by uh, Roosevelt having a third party, and Woodrow Wilson, at that time the worst American president ever elected, ends up winning an election he had no business winning. And I think Tulsi Gabbard's position is she's going to start an independent party because there's got to be a reason why she shifted to so many conservative views, and her mission is to pull Republican votes away in the next election. And and I see her weighing in on all these trials on the conservative side as the evidence for what I'm saying is coming. We need to remember that Tulsi Gabbard is a self-defense instructor in the military. That was her duty as instructor Battles. Yep. And so she probably has a belief in self-defense. But I'll tell you something else. There is no belief system more un-American than her own Hindu worship, her Hindu weddings, her Hindu husband, the worshiping of all these demon deities with eight arms and elephant trunks and the ridiculousness of it all because she's also beautiful and she's also a cool California surfer. She really has this uh, this charisma about her, but at the same time, her values are not the historic values of this nation. No, she's for baby uh, killing. They never will be. Or yeah, she, well, interesting. You say she's an, uh, an instructor for safety, but she's for gun control, and she's a baby killer advocate. Hmm. I think she's an interesting person, definitely, uh a likable person, but as far as to represent me in the broad spectrum of family-loving, American, uh, God-fearing, Bible-believing nation, never. Never. Yeah. I think what she's doing now is an act, like I said, to split the Republican vote. And and I, I think her reward, as someone has said, well, what goal would she have, Dave, for doing that? How about a cabinet position in the next administration? She's proven she's not electable to, to the top levels of the Democratic Party, but she might be able to work her way into the cabinet if she does a big enough favor. And and I'm saying this as often as I can, Sam, because I don't like the Republicans, can't stand them, but the Democrats, when you put the word N in there, Democrats, they took God uh -huh. out of their party platform a few years ago. They... This is who they represent. In today's world, I don't think 
you have a choice. You're either for Jesus or you're for Satan. And the Democrats are for Satan. True that. So in the uh, Ahmad Arbery case, uh, what we see is the complete destruction of any law enforcement function by the community. It's all the police. Uh, as you have been commenting and bringing some points forth, I, I keep thinking myself of George Orwell's Animal Farm, of the statement, surely you don't want Jones back, of the replacement of a tyranny with another tyranny, a more brutal tyranny, a, a, a more scientific tyranny. And when law enforcement is taken out of the hands of the people themselves, when they are no longer a part of it. And a lot of people don't know that citizens' arrest laws in Georgia have been virtually eliminated, meaning that there, there is hardly such a thing as a citizen's arrest in the state of Georgia because of this trial. And that's some, another set of laws that the governor of that state signed. And so here we have these governors getting weak in the knees and undermining all of society to prevent a temper tantrum. And anyone who's ever dealt with bullies knows that you have to stand up to them when they throw their fit. Otherwise, it comes back new and improved and more of them. I agree that's one of the effects. But there's another dynamic to consider, too, with this governor. Uh, I've studied this governor. I've researched him. And everything on him is very, very easy to find. He is a staunch ally of the Communist Chinese Party. Did he take money during the election? His, we believe, and I say we, a number of us have looked at this, we're believing that Rasberger and the governor, Kemp, they took money through extended relatives. Uh-huh. Um, they were careful about it. But you look at he's been on CCV, CCP TV, uh, he has brought in numerous Chinese groups and their business relationships are to the detriment of the community, not to the benefit of the community. It's to the benefit of the Communist Chinese Party. He is a total sellout. We have the same thing here in Arizona. Our governor made his fortune with uh, Stone Cold Creamery in Communist China. And then when he's speaking at the National Governors Association meeting in 2017, with the Chinese Chamber of Commerce there, he goes, oh, we just love doing business with you, and we'll be happy to trade you rare earth minerals that you need for your military. And that's pretty close to a quote, and that's in print. And and I look at this, and I'm saying, you know, the, the one thing I've discovered, Sam, by looking at the election fraud, particularly here in Arizona, but it's the same in Atlanta, it's the same in Wisconsin, the, there's two forces at work that turn these politicians Communist Chinese business interests and George Soros bribe money called campaign donations. Wow. That's what's turned these people. Uh, just, uh, I'll get, let me give you a quick roll call here. Governor, Communist China. Secretary of State, George Soros. The Maricopa County uh, Sheriff who would have to do the arrest for election fraud. Uh, $2 million in George Soros donations. And, and you just go down the line here. And you find this over and over and over and so many. And I could I could sit here and name you twenty politicians in Arizona that, that are on Dave, the take. Yeah. Connected. Yeah, and Georgia is no different. But anyway, I didn't mean to digress from the trial, but you know, when you bring up Kemp, 
The guy is an absolute and total criminal. He's a traitor to this country. Okay, so let's put the pieces together. Right. Julius Jones, carjacker, kills a man in front of his kids, shot him dead, trying to jack his car. Convicted of that. Uh, that guy will never face justice. The next liberal governor may let him out. That guy will never die, as the Bible commands, many, 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 many times for many crimes. That's first. Second, going to the uh, the Ahmed Arbery trial in Georgia. If a person witnesses a crime, they can't even hold the guy at gunpoint until the police get there. Because if they do that, and there's any outbreak of violence, which is the whole reason he's at gunpoint, then they'll go to jail for murder. So you can't arrest the thief. And third, as what we saw in uh, Wisconsin, is that if a person has a firearm and is ready to defend life or property, they have a chance in a hundred, a chance in a thousand of ever getting out, even if they go through a years-long process of, of court and appeals. And then, you know, that, that young fella, he's, he's really branded. Everybody in the nation knows him, and there's civil proceedings being prepared against him. How he can have any kind of a life after this is a mystery to me. And so basically these three trials show us that the justice system will never give justice for the guiltiest of criminals. And here again, I just have to draw a comparison. Without any offense, Kyle Rittenhouse, a young guy that I like and that I'd like to have on my training floor, and I'd like to shake his hand. But what if it were Tano Pirano? What if Chris Tano Pirano, the hero of Benghazi, was in that situation and took the fight straight to the enemy like he did in Benghazi? You know, these are our historic heroes, is Rambo and Commando and, and uh, Chuck Norris. And those days are gone. It's gone as far as being allowed to restore justice. It's gone. So America, all of America, even the deviant parts of America, are going to be emboldened by these decisions to be violent. The Julius Joneses, the next generation of Julius Joneses, which, by the way, during his life sentence and his 22 years in prison, he has, he has uh, evidently, if, if history is any indicator, uh, trained 100 more people like him. These are the colleges and universities where criminals become hardened. This is where they learn the new techniques, learn how to get away with their crimes, learn how to choose their victims, learn how to play the justice system, is being in jail with a guy like Julius Jones. That's how it happens, and it's only going to happen more and more now that people like that aren't put to death. This is the future that I see, is the anarchists are going to commit more crimes, the carjackers are going to jack more and shoot more. And some Americans are going to know. They're going to see that they can't wait for the police. 
They can't hold the guy at gunpoint. If there's a threat, they have to deal with it and move on because they're not going to get any help from the government. And I think that that's a very clear lesson, and I think it's even an intentional lesson of these decisions. Yeah, I, I hear you. I think you're exactly right. I'm going to come back with some reaction to that. We're going to take our final break here real quickly, ladies and gentlemen. But I, I'm big on communications because as America rises up in this red wave of populism, they are going to try to crush us. I, I believe Omicron is going to be one way. I think we're looking at future lockdowns as a potential possibility. But also, too, I look at martial law with made-up false flag events. And I really believe that is coming. And people say, Dave, why would you believe that? I'm just saying because this is what dictators do. And if they if this happens, continuity of government says they'll shut down cities. They'll turn off communication. How, how would you communicate with your family? And also, too, with the satellite phone company I represent, we give out news text alerts. People like Steve Quayle, Mike Adams, Doug Hagman, yours truly. We send out multiple daily alerts about what's going on. And that would continue because cell phones are very difficult to take down. You have to actually take away the cell phone or bring down the satellite, which often is not a practical thing to do. And this is why I have my sat phone so I can communicate and I can stay in touch. Want to know more about this? And by the way, it's not expensive. It's one-fourth the cost of what I pay for my, um, well, let's put it this way, my cell phone service. So how do you get a hold of these people? How do you find out more? Well, you call the good people at the Satellite Phone Store at 855-980-5830. 855-980-5830. Tell them Dave Hodges of the Common Sense Show told you to call. But we're talking with Sam Arnold, and we've got the... Um, miscarriage of justice is a center theme here and i believe it's to turn thugs loose on society to tear down society and that's the whole intent of allowing lawless looting uh lawless murders failure to execute criminals when they have taken life so brazenly uh, as the bible commands eye for an eye tooth for a tooth ladies and gentlemen our whole justice system has been undermined for political purposes like Garland, personal profit for Garland, and nothing happens to these people. Sam, did I sum that up okay as far as I went? I think you did. And I'd like to go a little further. There used to be a saying in the 80s, they can have my gun when they pry it from my cold dead finger. Ooh, Charlton Heston, yes. And this was printed on T-shirts. It was a rallying cry, and this is before concealed carry really came back in America. So when people were saying that and wearing that maxim, their guns were at home in the safe for the most part. Just a few, just a few old Vietnam vets had their pistol in their pocket to comply with the unconstitutional laws of that time. So I'm thankful that concealed carry has come back, and I've gotten to be a part of that myself. I haven't had my own permits in my own very selective state for a better part of 30 years. But every person who conceals and carries, I'm going to say the vast majority of them have been unconstitutionally disarmed in traffic stops and encounters with law enforcement. It's become very, 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 very common. They have their ways of doing it. They want to see the permit. They want to see the gun. They want to know where it is. And then they'll, a lot of times, ask the person to surrender it or to set it someplace and walk away from it. 
just because it's a sticky issue constitutionally and that they know they're exceeding their authority. How law enforcement got to this place, I do not know, where they have forgotten that they desire that they derive their just powers from the consent of the government. And if I were a cop and the cops would come on my training floor, I'll tell you what, they they would like to know that they have the support of the community when they're taking down the one bad apple. They'd like to know that there's 100 people standing with them. And many, many concealed carriers saved the lives of law enforcement when they were behind the eight ball. But the fact is, our guns have been taken from us repeatedly, and people have allowed that. America has allowed that because they still had the shred of hope in law enforcement, in the justice system, in the process. And I believe that between these three decisions, that is wiped away. And it's wiped away also for the anarchists, the violent anarchists. They're ready to take up arms as well. And so just everybody get ready. There's going to be a bloodbath in the streets. It's been prophesied. There has not been a turning back to God in the United States, not on a broad base. There is, there is still a very, very superficial quasi-Christianity. And unless there is broad-based repentance, there will be so much blood in the streets, so much personal loss to every person that our nation will be like the nation of Mexico when everyone has lost someone close to them in the drug wars. That's what then causes broad-based repentance. And then the, 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 the judgment and the wrath of God can depart off of the nation. But right now, it's over the nation. It's a big problem. Do you see it becoming a national problem or will it be more of a regionalized problem? It's going to break out in certain key areas like Milwaukee, Kenosha, and in Tulsa, the site of 100 years ago this year, the deadliest race riot in American history, where hundreds of millions of dollars of propaganda, both from the government and from Hollywood and from anarchist organizations, have been flooded into that nexus point just to inflame those passions and to get the blood to spill and to get the violence to come forth. And I'm, I'm not going to be like so much of the conservative media saying, don't take the bait, don't pull the trigger. I, I think that what we've learned on from these trials is that our not pulling the trigger has only made the bully bigger. So, yes, from key points, it will sweep the nation. Yeah, I'm afraid you're right. And it's going to be um, a hot town, hot time in the old town. Uh, and and I say that in this regard, I, I when we come, we're, okay look ahead in um, almost eleven months from now, we're going to be having another election, and if the Democrats lose control of the House, they lose control of the agenda, at least through legitimate appearing means. What do you think the left is going to do in these eleven months? to make sure there is no change in governmental structure or in power? Uh, I think the idea of an election changing anything is farce. Because of dominion? And not only because of dominion, but because of the justice system and law enforcement at every level has refused to prosecute crimes, except in a few token cases. The whole issue of broad-based election fraud has been swept under the rug. 
And this is the same thing that happened in Mexico 112 years ago, where it was understood that the electoral system was corrupt, that there had to be an armed insurrection, that there had to be an armed revolt to sweep away those structures that were no longer protective of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, but rather rubber-stamped the so-called re-election of a tyrannical dictator. Well, which tyrannical dictator would you start with in this country? Oh, well, you know we have to look at those of the past. We have to look at Porfirio Diaz, who had been 30 years in power. You know we can't name names, but we all know who the criminals are. Everybody knows who the criminals are. I'll name names. Okay. Feel free. Nancy Pelosi. I, I like you. I like your idea that that e even every Republican needs to be primaried. Yeah. But you know what? That that makes the office unwinnable. And so here again, we have a broken system. We have a system that provides no justice for those who want to build and to live. It only provides justice for the anarchist, for the carjacker, for the, the, the career criminal, for the pedophile, for these idiots that Rittenhouse shot, each one of them having a rap sheet longer than Kyle's AR barrel. And there's justice for them. They have protection under law. They're sure going to be held to pay, or, or somebody's going to have to answer if that career criminal gets taken off the street. You know, I remember uh, it wasn't that long ago that when, when uh, the police came and flipped the guy over and found that he was a career criminal, they'd shake the man's hand and say, good job, we've been looking for this guy a long time. And a lot of times, the cop that flipped him over had busted him before and was frustrated at his own system's failure to keep the guy in jail when he put his life on the amen. line. Amen. That's amen so to that. So a lot of law enforcement has, is making that decision now of what, whose dictates they're going to follow. And there's hope for some of those guys. Yeah, I, I could not agree with you more. There is hope for some of those guys. Sam, we got about 30 seconds left, and I want you to talk about gospel gunslingers. Gospelgunslingers.com. We teach every day the Bible doctrines of self-defense and self-government. I broadcast on a lot of platforms, but you've got to look for it. Learn about the lost history of our nation. Learn about the lost history of the Bible, which I see as a book of war stories and, and a manual on how to be victorious, on how to be Tano Pirano and to shoot your way out of an enemy nation or out of being surrounded by anarchists. You know, he's in our age. He survived. He's alive today. You can go take a lesson from Chris Tano Pirano. <laughs> and if you want to learn how to be like him, follow me on gospelgunslingers.com. Yeah, it's good stuff. I, I'm seeing more and more of it on uh, YouTube uh, suggested uh, views. It's really good stuff. Sam, we're out of time. But thanks for weighing in on these trials and other related events. Much appreciation. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Dave. Thank you.